Now, you might not believe this, but the career path of almost every super successful individual included having a job just like the one you have now. You're either going to or coming from work, so we might as well talk about it today on Your Way to Work. And now, your host, Ricardo Witte. Hi, everybody. This is Rick Witted, and you're listening to the podcast show On Your Way to Work, the show that talks to you, the worker, on the workplace floor about the things that you need to do and the path that you need to take to have the career progression, the career momentum that you're looking for. I'm not talking to your boss, not talking to your manager, not talking to the business owners. There are tons of books and shows talking to business leaders, but I'm talking to you, average Joe, average Jane, the worker on the workplace floor. So what are we gonna talk about today? You know, one of my faithful listeners asked me a question that I thought was really spot on. So he said to me, Rick, I heard your show on, and this was a couple episodes back, we talked about how the 40-hour work week on average statistically has become the 47-hour work week. So the question he asked me was, well, Rick, how do I get it done? The biggest stress that I'm experiencing right now in the workplace, I've outgrown my space, you know, I've gotten a bigger job or I'm doing more. I've gotten an expanded role in the job that I'm in and I'm just finding, you know, instead of call it 10 cases, I've got 15 cases. And instead of, you know, five clients, I've got 10 clients, whatever your space is at work. How do I get it done? This is the biggest thing we're struggling with. Well, listener, I get you. I am right there with you. Man, I tell you what, when I clock in, it is like I just, I have no idea how I'm going to get it all done. And at the end of the day, I have no idea how we got it done. I just know we got it done. So I, I'm not, I'm not professing to be an expert here. And I think if, if you've been listening to me any amount of time, I have no desire to don myself as the expert of all careers. But what I am is very open about my experience and how I'm getting through exactly where you are on the workplace floor. So here you go. If there is any one thing that I have found to be crucial in my ability to manage more, it's through partnerships. And I think one of the most essential ways to manage more is managing more through partnerships. So, so first of all, you have to deal with kind of what's going on. Uh, and the truth is, you've got to be willing to try something new. And here's the phrase the listener said to me that really stuck with me and why I want to talk about this topic. He says, what I'm finding that worked, what worked to get me to outgrow my space, that isn't working. I'm overwhelmed. 
I, I am I'm having to put in more time and it, my rhythm is off and I've got to get new rhythm and just having a, a hard time figuring that out. Well, let me share a few things with you about that. And then let me give you some tips on how to manage more through partnerships. First of all, what has always worked might not work anymore when you're in this situation. It's just, a, it's like an algebraic equation and I'm not a master at algebra by, by any means. But if you change one component on either side of the equal sign, it will change the entire thing, right? And for whatever reason, so first of all, innovation can change the path to success. So maybe your company, your your where you work is experiencing innovation and everything can change with innovation because the way you work can be radically different just based on innovation within the industry. So innovation can be a big game changer in how, H-O-W, how you get your work done. And so that may be a block that you're, you're, you're coming up against. And, and listen, this is the way of our world. Just look around. Do you remember like 20 years ago when we went into an airport and you actually dealt with somebody? Nowadays, do you even want to see somebody? I almost cringe when someone asks to help me. I just want to find the little machine thing, slip my ID in or my tr- my credit card and push a button and get my ticket out. Better yet, I don't even want to do that. I just want to push a button and have it come up on my phone. Or what about going to the, the gas station? Do you remember like 20 years ago when you would actually like talk to somebody and go hand somebody some money and then go pump your gas? Or maybe go back 25, 30 years ago, someone actually pumped it for you. I know that's still going on in New Jersey. Can't explain why. But do you remember that? Now, if I go to the gas station and I can't get out, dip my card in, pull it out, pump my gas and go, I get very frustrated. If I've got to walk those extra 25 steps to go in the open the door and actually talk to somebody at a counter... That, that's just too much. What's my point? Innovation changed those two experiences completely, radically. So that, that, that's a simple analogy. But in your workplace, if your job is going through innovation, I don't care if you're in the office with a suit and tie. I don't care if you're at the construction site. If there's brand new equipment, the way you handle that equipment, more efficient equipment, whatever it is, innovation can change completely how you do your job. So can a customer's preference. So customers can change your path to success. The way you do your job may change because the customers of that company may demand you to deliver something differently. If that happens, that company has to adjust with the customer or a company becomes a going concern said another way they're out of business and so the customer could actually change how you do your job which changes the path to success so the increased workload can also change your path to success and this gets directly to what we talked about a couple weeks back and what my listener asked me the question on how do I manage it all I am doing so much more well for any of those reasons whether it's success or innovation 
a business could just be growing in sales or revenue and that may require more work to be done. And before a company can just slap a whole bunch of new workers onto it, they actually have to see that that profit's going to stick around for a minute because if they hire you and that profit doesn't stick around, then they got to let somebody go, the, the folks that they hired. So typically as a business owner, if, if I see increased success, I'm not going to overnight hire three more people to do that job. I'm going to figure out how do we get more efficient doing that job with what we have and see if that revenue spike is going to stick around permanently before I decide to make a permanent hire. And it's always a risk bringing in temporary work. Why? Because just that sense of ownership is not going to be there. So any of those dynamics, whether it's innovation or it's the customer's preference or success um, and an increased workload due to success, any of those things, when you alter one of those, the other side of that equal sign is I've got to adjust how I get my job done. And I see so many people in the workplace really get caught up and stumble because things are always changing. Matter of fact, the only thing that's constant is change. And in over two plus decades in the workplace, I can tell you that is a truer statement. If there is a true statement, the only thing that's constant is change. And if you cannot adapt to this environment of change, then at some point you will find yourself formally successful, struggling with finding success in the workplace, struggling with getting a job complete that you used to maybe complete with ease. So how do we solve this conundrum? I think there's three things. One, ask for help. Two, know who can help you. And three, be very aware of your response. More importantly, the perception of your response. So first, let's talk about asking for help. Here's something that I have found that suppresses so many unasked and yet really good or really important questions. If I ask that question, I'm going to look stupid. I'm not going to risk looking stupid or looking weak. I, I, that, that, is a, that is a belief you have, and there's nothing harder to change than belief if you have that belief. So I, I, the only thing I can say to you, it is not a sign of weakness or stupidity to ask a question. It is a greater risk to not have asked a question and to end up wrong and hear this phrase from your direct report from your manager. Why didn't you ask? That is a greater risk than not asking at all. You are taking a big gamble to not ask. Because if I'm your manager and you are struggling with something and the result created a mistake or a subpar quality effort or service or product, my first question is going to be to you, 
if you had concerns or issues or questions, or if you did not know how to do this, why did you not ask? See, at that point, you're not you're beyond weakness issues or looking stupid issues. It's beyond that. It's a worse word. You ready for it? Incompetence. Were you incompetent? Like, Did you not know to ask? I, I don't care what the response you may have thought you were going to get. I don't care what you're dealing with in your mind. I don't care if when you were a kid, all you heard your dad or your mom or someone that should have been supporting you say to you was, are you stupid? Are you stupid? Why are you asking me? Are you stupid? I, listen, I get it. That's traumatic. I understand. But there is something worse in the workplace than that incompetence or being viewed as not credible ask it's a great risk to not ask so i know there may be something you're dealing with right now you're experiencing this workload it's getting heavy and 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 you're going man how am i going to get this done and it's whirling around in your head and you're pushing hard up against the envelope and maybe you are getting it done but you're just working 10 times harder pause if you have never Ask someone for help. If you have never said to someone, how can I do this better? How can I do this more efficiently? If you have never asked that question, you are running a great risk to your work ethic, to the appearance of your work ethic, ultimately to your career. So ask, go to someone that knows more than you. That's just the key. So ask, but then who do you ask? You go to someone that knows more than you. We'll talk about who who that is in a second. But there is a quote that I loved that um, Arthur Keith, I interviewed Arthur Keith in a show last year. I don't remember the episode, but it was called Creating Your Own Space. So it wasn't outgrowing your space in the workplace, but I think we titled it Creating Your Own Space. And Arthur Keith and, and Amanda Keith, his wife, they are entrepreneurs out there, have an extremely entrepreneurial spirit, great people I know. He made a quote that I love. He said, if you're the smartest person in the group you hang with, you're in trouble. I just love that. I have never forgotten that phrase. And at, at the end of the day, you're talking about asking for help. You got to go to someone who knows more than you. So who's that? So ask for help. Number two, know who can help you be more successful. So who do you ask? Let's start with the probably one of the most important people in the workplace that you're in today. Your boss, your manager, your direct report, your project leader, your team leader, whatever the name is, the business owner, the small business owner, the executive. Whatever space you're in, the contractor, it doesn't matter. You got to start with your boss. Now, let's just assume that your boss actually knows how to do the job well. You got to assume that. Be very specific in the questions that you're asking. So if you go and it's perceived that you're asking this basic elementary question of, How do I get this job done? So I I get it. I know what you mean. I know that it's overwhelming. You're doing a whole lot more. But just to say, hey, how do I get this job done? That's that's not the question. 
you need to take the time and be very detailed about what's slowing you down. So let's say, for example, you have to call a bunch of customers. Let's say you have to call 10 customers. Now you've got to call 18 customers instead of 10. You get the same amount of time to do it. Know what it is that's holding you up from making those extra eight calls. Is that, um, let's say, for example, I can't get a hold of them. If that's the question, then be very specific and say not, how do I get all these 18 calls in? Say, Mr. Cust- Mr. Owner, Mr. Boss, Mrs. Boss, how do I make better, more effective contact rates with these clients? How do I get a hold of them better? Because I'm really struggling. A part of my issue on this workload is I can't get a hold of these folks in the time that I have. Do you have any ideas of how to better get a hold of this customer? See, that's a very specific question. What I just did was not say or not generalize that I'm struggling with getting this done, but I'm being very specific in the areas that's causing me not to get this done in time. Very specific question. So when you go to your boss and you ask for help, don't go all over the board. Know what it is specifically that's holding you up. And what does that mean? That means you've got to get off zombie mode. And there's so many employees in the workplace, we're just existing. We're just going from function to function to next thing to next thing. And we're just doing it. And, you know, five o'clock, six o'clock, whenever the bell rings and I can leave, if you're standing in the doorpost, you're probably going to get run over. You got to come out of zombie mode. So that when you're asking the right people for help, particularly your boss, be very specific in what it is that's causing you to slow down. If you've never done that before, let me give you one suggestion, one exercise that I think could help you. Okay, here you go. So in the morning, come in, take a notepad, sit it on the side of you, whatever your first function is, just kind of write that down, put the time next to it. And throughout the day, the morning, the afternoon, and the early evening, late evening, whatever your time shift is, throughout the day, every 30 minutes, kind of catalog what you're doing, right? Do that on day one, just catalog what you're doing. Come back in on day two, do the same thing. Just catalog what you're doing. Come back in on day three. Do the same thing. Just catalog what you're doing. Between day three and day four, before that weekend, take a look at each of those half-hour increments. Are you being consistent in what you're doing? If you're not being consistent, maybe there's not a process and maybe that's where you need to start. If you are doing the same things roughly the same time, then you need to examine a couple of things. Where am I getting hung up? Maybe your hang up is distractions. So what is a distraction, right? Maybe you're getting a random call kind of throughout the day and that call's throwing you off or, you know, whatever it is. You've got to figure out the details of your work cycle. Get out of zombie mode. Know what it is that you're doing. Don't be like the person who's driving and they look up about 30 minutes and they have no idea how they got to where they got. That's frightening. We've all been there. There are so many more people still there and are constantly there every day, 
in the workplace. Get out of zombie mode. Pay attention to the detail of your work. And then when you go to your boss, you can ask for very specific help. Matter of fact, bosses love that. Owners love that. Why? Because you may actually locate a process gap or an issue within the workflow of that business that leads to efficiencies and improvement. Ultimately, that will improve your career. So ask for help. Start by with the people who can help you. And the first person is your boss. Next is a coworker. Maybe there's a coworker who's really good at something. So hopefully you like them. That should make it easy to ask for help. If you don't like them, kind of get over it. This is not personal. It's, it's professional. It's the workplace. You know, study what they're doing and ask them for help. But again, be very specific in the area that you need the help on. Thirdly, pay attention to your customers. If you are a cus- in a customer-facing role, you may find that your customers are very clear in how they want something to occur. Understand that if you're in that particular type of role, figure out what the customer is saying to you and what the customer says they want. Get really good at that and you can find efficiencies or better yet, If not efficiencies, depending on the type of work, you at least will learn the language that connects with your client quicker. The quicker the customer connection, the more efficient you will become in your process for doing work. So, yes, ask for help. But then secondly, know who can help you. And that's your boss, the coworkers, or the customer. They can all be very, very helpful. The last thing and probably the most important thing to your career in this little talk we're having here is this. Be very aware of your response. More importantly, the perception of your response. There is one way to make sure that you have total awareness, and that is this. Talk to people. Ask people about how what you're saying and what you're doing is perceived by them. More importantly, people that you have relationship with, people that you trust, people that you can talk to. Here's why I say that. The people who care about you the most will tell you the most truth. I don't know if I made that up or if I've been saying that for years, but it's so true. The people who care about you the most will tell you the most truth. And you need to know how you look. So you got to do an ask others assessment. You got to ask other people that know you pretty well how you're perceived. Here's a couple of perceptions that can kill your career. Number one, a complainer. Just be very careful on how you phrase your concerns and the repetition of your concerns. You can quickly be viewed as a complainer if the tone and energy in which you phrase your concern seems negative or seems like you're a worry wart or seems like you're overwhelmed. Be very careful in how you phrase your concern. Don't ask your buddy, how do you sound with your concern? They're your buddy. Ask someone that you can trust to be honest with you and tell and ask them to say to me, hey, let me just tell you, this is driving me nuts. This is how I feel about it. 
how am I coming across when I say that? Or how can I come across with not sounding like I'm complaining? Can you help me phrase that in a way that sounds more like a positive than a negative? And listen, you can take everything and phrase it in a positive. How do you do that? Very simple. How do you phrase a negative or a concern into a positive? You phrase it into a positive by asking a question. So don't say, I am overwhelmed. I can't get this done. There's, there's just so many more customers in a day than I'm used to doing. I, I'm overwhelmed. I can't get this done. I mean, you're registering in my mind as the manager. Now I'm getting stressed out because your ability to get it done has everything to do with my job and my success. You're stressing me out. I get it. I may even know the reality, but I'm carrying that stress because you can't get it done. That's what I'm hearing. So how do I phrase that better? Well, maybe you say this, boss, you know, we've, since I've increased the load, I'm, I'm really figuring out pretty quickly that what used to make me successful isn't working as well. I'm still getting it done, but I'm not as efficient as I used to. Do you have any suggestions on how I can improve? Do you have any suggestions on how I can get better? Or is there anyone that you're seeing in the workplace here that's really nailed this that I could talk to? I really would appreciate that. It is the very same concern but I diffused it from a negative by making it a question. And see, that's really the art, because when you get to the point where you can ask a question, you're actually starting the learning process, and that's how you improve. So don't be viewed as a complainer or pessimistic, and you do that by repetition of your concerns or the tone of your concern. How do you diffuse it? ask questions. Ask questions, you get answers. Make a statement, you, you run the potential of complaining. Ask questions, you get answers. And then finally, don't be viewed as a know-it-all. If you're not willing to try something different, you run the risk of being viewed as a know-it-all. Here's another image that makes you look like a know-it-all. Ready? I've tried that. I've tried that. I've tried that. We'll do this. and Well, I've tried that. I've tried. Really? Have you literally tried everything and like with detail tried everything? If you are, what you're potentially saying is nothing works. I've tried everything that other people are doing that's working. I've tried things that you've done in the past because you're in this place where you have proven successful and it's worked for you, but it's not working for me. I'm just telling you that's a gamble. That's not the best of images. Ask questions, ask questions, ask questions. And then there's, you know, there's nothing else to say to you, but you got to work your butt off. There's just, it's the time we're in. There's no free dollar, man. It comes with sweat. Uh, and unfortunately or fortunately, I, I think fortunately, um, that's a plus. Um, because if you can, if you can really put effort in, if you can, you know, ask for help, when you don't know the answers and you're trying to figure out how do I get more in or how do I learn more? How do I move up in my career? You've got to ask for help. You've got to know who to ask for help. Look for folks that are more successful or, or better at it than you. A higher place up in the org chart somewhere doing more, have done more, have more years of experience. 
those people can help you. Your boss, coworkers that are successful, um, or if you're in a customer-facing role, listen to the voice of the customer, right? And then just be aware of your perception. Your response gives a perception, and most times we're not aware of it. So you've got to ask people around you that you can trust to be honest with you. And I'm just telling you, if you're one of those folks that just, you know, everything and like nothing works and I've tried all of those and they're just not working. I am telling you, cut that speech out, start asking questions and try what they're telling you to do wholeheartedly. There's a lot of people that won't take this advice. You'll go on complaining. You'll go on fussing or you'll go on just being negative and you're gonna be overwhelmed and you're gonna get left behind. But if you wanna do more, if you wanna manage more, do it through partnerships. Connect with the right people, ask them for help and beware of your perception. Don't be perceived as negative, a know-it-all or pessimistic. How do you do that? By turning your concern into a really good question by knowing the details of what you do every day not get off of autopilot so that you can know where your hangups are happening and ask very specific questions about that i hope this has been helpful and so on your way to work maybe this these are some tips this is probably one of those shows i'd success i i'd suggest this week you listen to a few times it might help you Uh, over the long term. And this is also one of those shows that I think you go back to every now and then you need this. Listen, I am probably talking to myself so much more than I'm talking to you out there, but I hope this has been helpful. Uh, To my producer, Christian Witted, to my All Things Media, Sharvin Witted, thank you guys, your heck of a team, and listeners, thank you so much uh, for supporting the show. Until next week, we'll talk to you. Bye-bye.